Chapter 4 Batshit Crazy The agents flashed their badges, and Beth went through the gestures of slowly unlocking the three deadbolts on the door. By the time she opened it, the agents were clearly lulled into a false sense of security. That changed when they saw her face. Not the face of an old woman, but a younger, striking female in a gray wig. She flashed a quick smile, but their training kicked in a second too late. She dropped the first agent in a heap. He fell across the threshold, a bullet to the forehead. She backed up quickly to avoid him falling on her. The second agent took quick advantage of the situation, leaping across his partner's body and tackling her. For most women, this would have been problematic, but she wasn't like any other woman, or man for that matter. She saw events unfold in slow motion. But before his body weight could pummel her to the ground, her instincts kicked in. She forced herself to relax, ragdoll-like, as she hit the floor, knowing that tensing up upon impact broke bones and tore ligaments. She quickly regained her wits and wrapped her legs around her attacker's torso like a jiu-jitsu fighter. As he pushed up to get his gun, she quickly pulled his right arm toward and across her body while sweeping his left arm that had been supporting him in one smooth motion, his body weight falling forward as she lifted her hips higher, ensnaring his neck with her legs, a perfect triangle lock. If it weren't for the fact that she'd most likely have two other grown men to deal with in a fairly short period of time, she'd have let him pass out and interrogate him later. She didn't have that luxury. Who are you? She asked her assailant. Fuck you, was all he could manage to say. U.S. Marshal? She asked. He said nothing, but there was no recognition in his eyes either. FBI? She continued. Still no recognition. Fuck you, he tried to yell, but barely audible. He made one last-ditch effort to extricate himself before she constricted her legs tightly, crushing the life out of him. She rolled him off of her and drug the other agent through the door and into the living room. At 5'9 and 140 pounds, she looked athletic but slim. Muscle weighs more than fat. She had mastered the art of making herself appear smaller, and as she moved the bodies across the room, she mentally high-fived herself for doing the extra reps in the gym, her heavily muscled physique paying dividends. She sat back down on the sofa after taking her costume off. The wig and the woman's clothes had served her well, but they were of no further use now. She was in attack mode, adrenaline amped and focused. She took her small backpack out of the old woman's grocery bag. She held a small six-hour pistol in her hand, one that held six bullets in the clip and one in the chamber. She'd fired three shots and policed her brass. Four rounds for the other two guys would normally do the trick, but she had a bad feeling the moment she'd heard Jean Gomes' story. She quickly popped a fresh clip into the SIG and checked the taser she'd packed, confirming that it was fully charged. There were no telltale signs emanating from the hall. That was either good or bad, depending on how she looked at it. No sounds meant the other pair of Jean's watchers either hadn't shown up or so stealthy she hadn't heard them. Actually, both scenarios were shitty. 
She needed to know who they were. Her fight-or-flight response was pinging 10 after hearing Jean's story that the organization's plans at the pot farm in Canada had been known by some government entity. If that was the case, then there was something going on even their highly placed asset within the Justice Department didn't know about. Another ten minutes passed. Fuck this shit, she whispered to herself, got up and strapped up. She slung the apartment door open like a cowboy walking into a saloon, standing there with her hands on her pistols, waiting for the inevitable. But there was no one. She walked over to Jean's place, the door slightly cracked. She took her cig and strode into the room, relaxed, calm, and definitely not performing some pussy cop show dance, hugging walls and swinging her gun into each room like a Quantico freshman. Screw them, she thought. If they're looking for me, then I'll help them out and get it over with. She walked through the apartment again, covering every nook and cranny, expecting at any moment she'd either be jumped by one of the other two watchers or staring down the barrel of an unfriendly firearm. She walked by the bathroom. Surprisingly enough, Jean hadn't moved. She said a quick prayer over him that sounded awfully like, Fuck you, Jean. Out in the hall, she made her decision. Fuck this shit was once again the winner. She put on her jacket, her sidearm barely concealed beneath it, and strode out the door of the apartment building in plain sight, crossing the street and walking down the block to the building where she had seen Jean Gomes's other pair of spotters that had been keeping tabs on him. She walked through the building's front door. There was no doorman to greet her in the lobby of the moderately priced condominium. She walked through the common area, pressed two on the elevator pad, and found herself in front of the apartment door, ticking off a few scenarios and options. She was jacked up, but you'd never know it by her vitals and demeanor. She considered all options once again. Fuck this shit was the flavor of the day. She lifted her leg and slammed her black lightweight boot into the door near the lock. It exploded into a shower of wood slivers as she strode through the threshold, gun drawn. This time it was her that hesitated slightly as she did a double take, seeing the two guys she had observed casually sitting down as if waiting for her, guns drawn. Oh, hi Beth, one of them said casually. No one did anything for five seconds or so. A Mexican standoff was just getting started. Beth emerged from her fog and made the first move, aiming at the guy on the right. He instinctively knew she was going for him and threw himself sideways off the chair and rolled behind the sofa before she could get a shot off, while his partner aimed and fired, hitting her squarely in the chest. She lurched backward upon impact and hit the ground, flat on her back. The two men cautiously stepped forward to examine her. Her eyes were closed and a dark, wet stain began to spread across the middle of her dark blue turtleneck. She heard both men walk up to her. One for sure would kick her weapon away if he got any closer. She waited as long as she could, silently praising herself for not only wearing her vest, but also taking it a step further and using the one that had Hollywood-style blood packs embedded in it. Playing dead never works if there's no blood. 
She'd had her special bulletproof vest made for this exact scenario. But this was the first time she had to rely on it. Fuck, I heard she was crazy, but holy shit. What was that? One of the men asked. I don't know, his partner said with a nervous laugh. Batshit crazy for sure. The bullet had hit her vest right above the sternum. She was in pain, but not incapacitated. But there was going to be no wrestling match with these two. She could tell by the way they had moved when she burst into the apartment. They could handle themselves. Plus, she was in no condition to fight. The crazy comments echoed in her mind and hit a raw nerve. She'd heard that all of her life, and each time just pissed her off more. As her assailants moved closer, her eyes shot wide open. I am not fucking crazy, she screamed. She deftly lifted her gun and fired two clean shots into each of the men's crotches. Both shocked she wasn't dead. Suddenly paralyzed, their ability to stand upright was taken away in the blink of a bullet. They hit the floor hard. She got up to find them both reaching for their guns, clearly in shock, but trying to kill her out of sheer force of habit. She kicked one of the men's guns away and shot his partner in the head. I find that no one wants to be a rat in front of their peers, she said, looking at the one still clinging to life. Time to talk, big guy, or you'll be as dead as your friend over here. The man was highly composed for being shot in the dick. I've been dead a while, bitch, he said, trying to laugh but spitting up blood. She twisted her head like a dog trying to catch a distant sound. He wasn't your average agent. She could tell. He had a calm she had never encountered with a dying man. In a flash, she saw his hand raise up toward her leg. Motherfucker, she yelled as she put a bullet into the man's face, but not before his knife caught her on the inside of the thigh. Serena poured peroxide in Beth's wound, dabbing it with cotton gauze. Beth bitched and moaned at her every time the cotton came in contact with the cut. She had made it home, but not without some drama, blood loss, and a seriously bad attitude. Shut up, Serena finally said. You're lucky to be alive. Lucky? Right, Beth said sarcastically. Just a little deeper and your femoral artery would have been severed. Dead in a few minutes. What the hell happened? Or can you not talk about it like everything else? Serena playing the role of a lover continually left in the dark. The pain pills that Beth popped earlier had begun to take effect, and she was a little loopy, more talkative than usual. Fucking Gomes, that little rat fucker, she replied. Gene Gomes did this to you? The Greenleaf scientist? Serena asked in disbelief. No, not him. I took care of that wormy bastard. Won't have to worry about him anymore. It was one of the four guys watching him. Took care of them too, but not before one of them took a swipe at me, Beth said, pointing to her leg. Oh, this is fucked up, she said, letting herself fall back under the pillow. Serena tried to look startled, but she knew exactly who Beth was talking about. She knew there were two teams watching Jean. One team was a pair of ex-marshals, not hard to spot. The other crew from the Department of Agriculture, 
Her team was surveilling Beth also. Who were they? Serena asked. I don't know. Maybe a couple of marshals. The other two? Uh, who knows? Beth said groggily. Serena continued to dab the blood from Beth's wound. It's not bleeding as much, but you need stitches, she said. No hospitals, Beth shouted. I can't leave it like this. It won't heal. I can stitch it, but it needs to get done soon. I've had training. I can do it. But I need to get sutures and a needle from the drugstore. As Serena got up to leave, Beth grabbed her arm, beginning to feel the effects of the painkillers. You are a woman of mystery, Beth said groggily. No, I'm just a woman that needs to patch your ass up, Serena said. She suited up and went to the drugstore. If what Beth had said was true, then Colonel Rhodes just lost four good men, and he'd need to know about it. The bait had attracted their prey, but they underestimated how dangerous she was. She asked the pharmacist to use the phone and quickly called in a coded message, making the decision to break protocol. 